Well, as always, my friends, we certainly appreciate you stopping by on this Monday night because it is the sports book right here on 760 WJR. I will say this, a fantastic night to be huddled around the radio. Uh, a day, truly, after a glorious day yesterday, not fit for man or beast today. So gloomy. Terrible. Ugh. A little freezing rain this morning, then it changes to all rain, and boy, did it come down. Uh, I know some of the uh, northern suburbs maybe got a little more freezing rain and some snow, so hopefully everybody's a-okay because many are just getting the power back. I know. There are some people that still don't have it. I can't get over that, and TTE is offering $35. Yeah, about that. deal. <laughs> That's a lot of Miller Lite. Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but uh, enough to tide me enough. over. An evening's worth. <laughs> enough to tide me over for 45 minutes. But you have to replace your entire refrigerator as well. Yeah. Well, it's cold enough outside. You just leave it outside, right? Not for six days. All right. Now, get this. You know, they just talk about what's happening with Mother Nature. That, uh, never mind. Uh, they're saying maybe three to five inches of snow come Friday. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. It just keeps getting better. Uh, anyway, uh, as always, we're going to start the proceedings uh, thanking our wonderful friends uh, at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for uh, supporting this here radio show. Steve Courtney along with Jamie Edmonds. And uh, this is what we do on Monday nights. We talk sports with you. It made this gloomy day better because I knew I was coming here with Aww, you. That's so <laughs> nice. Uh, the show is put together in fine form by our fine producer, Mr. Nick Roddy. Nicholas, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, you guys were talking about the weather yesterday. I had the windows open. I took like three walks, it felt like. And now we we're come back to reality in Michigan. Yeah, look at this. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess next week back into the 40s, I guess, I'll have to do uh, the research on that. But, you know, hey, we're plowing away, making our way to spring. Uh, Blake is here. Blake, what's the word? I am here. Uh, should we get Paul Gross on the horn so that we can break down this weather real quick? No, I think we've taken care okay. of it. In a, in a, <laughs> I'm just making sure. We've gotten a lot of weather talk today. In a very non-scientific way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with uh, what's going on with the winged wheelers. Uh, it's all good. Uh, they are just, a, well, they have dropped the puck in Ottawa uh, against the Senators. And it's a very different vibe which we'll get to in a little bit your red wings uh coming off the three nothing loss to tampa bay the lightning on saturday night but the wings have won seven of their last nine jamie and uh they will have very rare uh tonight in ottawa this is going to be a make good from the uh game before christmas that was canceled because of inclement weather and then they're going to be right back there tomorrow night these games are so huge. They're only three points out of the wild card. They're trying to do this playoff push. Well, it begins tonight in Ottawa. Yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting next couple of nights. And uh, the Red Wings, via their head coach, Derek Lalonde, getting some disappointing news. He confirmed yesterday that uh, Mr. Rasmussen, Michael, is out indefinitely. He did not give a general time frame. Uh, coach Lalonde said the Wings might know more about Rasmussen's uh, situation coming up in a matter of days. You'll recall in that 3 nothing loss to Tampa Bay Saturday night, he took a slap shot from Tampa's Zagbogosian right there on the kneecap. Oh, it looked like it hurt. 
Uh, he was in immediate pain, had to be uh, helped off the ice. 10 goals, 19 assists, 29 points. Couldn't be worse timing to uh, lose him. Uh, good news, the Wings likely to have Lucas Raymond. He's been out with a lower body injury. Could return. I don't know if he's in the he's lineup back. tonight. Is he? Okay, wonderful. That's great. Uh, he has missed the last eight games after colliding February 10th in practice with Ben Sherratt. So uh, let's take a look at what's happening here. Uh, looks like uh, Magnus Helberg is getting the start between the pipes for the Wing Wheelers tonight. Just his 10th game of the season. Goals against of 2.63. Uh, you mentioned the wild card, Jamie. Here we go. Uh, the Islanders securing the number one spot, your Pittsburgh Penguins in the number two spot. The Islanders with 69 points, the Penguins with 67. Then you've got Buffalo at 66, then the Winged Wheelers at 64. Florida has 64 points, Washington with 64, and the aforementioned Ottawa Senators with 60. Uh, what's interesting here, and it's good news for Hockey Town, the Red Wings with five games in hand on the Islanders, one on your Penguins, three games in hand on Florida, four games in hand on Washington, and they're equal with Ottawa. That's good news, having all those games in hand. But look how tight this, you know, 67, 66, 64 with, I don't know, 25 games left, something like that. I think it makes it very exciting. Things are turning. You know, I was downtown this weekend and people were wearing Red Wings jerseys and I just, yeah. Hockey Town is kind of back. I, I, For research purposes, I watched the tilt against Tampa Saturday night from a pub. And uh, glad you're sitting down. And uh, <laughs> my buddy says, you know, it's starting to happen again. People are coming in. Can you put the Red Wing game on? Mm-hmm. Please put the Red Wing game back. And, and you know, it, it's been a while since the Red Wings had this sort of vibe. Six seasons since they made the playoffs, and toward the end of that streak, they were just kind of making it, and that's it. So I think this is fun, especially for hockey fans, to make it interesting down the stretch. And if they could sneak in, I think it would be fantastic. Well, you know, I think uh, and I think we discussed this on the program last week because, you know, social media being what it is, uh, a lot of people who have never put together an NHL team before – taking Steve Eisenman to task. What the rationale is there, I just don't understand it. Uh, but they become a postseason team this year, which they weren't targeted for. Uh, that would be instant vindication for number 19. Yeah, and just the, you know, to have these young guys go through, even if it's one round of a playoff series, would be invaluable. Yeah, and, uh, you know, then we've got the the subplot of the whole Dylan Larkin thing. And I haven't read a whole lot about that and. Uh, from time to time, that's been known to happen, that uh, management, in this particular case, Stevie Y and uh, Dylan Larkin's camp, a little hush-hush right now. Maybe that means they're closer because I hope. he was talking before around the All-Star break. I just can't imagine him not being a Red Wing. Should we uh, plan a bake sale or something? <laughs> yeah, Raise right. some funds? How far apart are they? A couple hundred thou? Well, we what can make can you that bake? up. <laughs> Not a whole lot, but darn it, the thought is there. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, by the way, uh, in Ottawa, no score uh, as of yet, uh, but there's still 17.06 left in the first period. Uh, coming up at uh, 7.32-ish around there, looking forward to this. We're going to have a chat with Antoine Davis Jr. out of the University of Detroit Mercy. Uh, he is a fine guard right now. He is number two all time as far as leading scorers in NCAA history behind who? 
That would be Pistol Pete Maravich. It was an exciting weekend for Antoine. He had his number zero retired at historic Callahan Hall. It wasn't that long ago, Jamie. Uh, you spent some time with him on Sports Final. Yes, I think it was a couple weeks ago. He and his dad, the coach of the Detroit Titans, uh, came on Sports Final Edition to talk about you know, he's broken a lot of records over his career at Detroit, and this is just the latest thing. You know, I had him on years and years ago, too, when he broke Steph Curry's record. Right. So this kid just... Well, for the record, he is 63 points behind Pistol Pete. And the Horizon League tournament for your Detroit Titans will get underway tomorrow night. Uh, They're going to be hosting Purdue-Fort Wayne. You the Mastodons. Think, you would think he needs more than one game. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Unless he do, goes completely off right. tomorrow night. So uh, looking forward to that conversation with him. Uh, when we return from the break, you know the 2023 Major League Baseball season was going to be a little bit different. We're going to put that under the microscope as we continue here with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Welcome back into the Sportsbook here on WJR. Boy, everything is going on tonight. Tigers in action uh, as I speak in Tampa. Who are they playing? The Stankies. Uh, Tigers up 5-2 right now, top of the third. Uh, yeah, the new rules in big league ball are in full effect, and it didn't take long for people to notice. Uh, Cal Conley of the Atlanta Braves thought he had just won the game with a two-out, bases-loaded, walk-off walk. This all going down Saturday. Uh, took a few steps towards first base, feeling good about himself. Bat was still in his hand. Then all of a sudden, umpire John Lipka uh, jumps out from behind the plate and calls strike three. The game was over. Uh, Conley didn't know what was going on, couldn't believe it. His teammates were a little dumbfounded. The fans uh, came down with a fine chorus of boos, and that is big league ball in 2023. The most dramatic moment of the new pitch clock era arrived on the first full day of spring games, as it turns out, James, and in the most dramatic scenario possible. Conley was facing reliever Robert Kwiatkowski of the Red Sox. He wasn't set in the box as the clock wound under eight seconds. I mean, obviously the pitchers have a lot to adjust to, but the batters do as well. And how does the umpire know, you know, with eight seconds to go, is he watching the guy's eyeballs? Well, with all the timing that's going on, is the first place, and we're going to have to find out the logistics of this, is the first place uh, umpire, does he have a, a stopwatch for the pitcher? Is the plate umpire going 1,001, 1,002? Well, you saw the video, right? I the did. The giant clock. Yeah. So I assume they all can see it. But, you know, if the umpire is behind the batter and, you know, and he has his giant helmet on, how does he really know if he's ready with eight seconds to go? Well, eight seconds is not really a long time. No. So they get, what do they get, 20? Uh, pitchers? Pitchers get 20. So then 12 seconds after Only that. Only if there's a runner on base. 15 seconds. Man. If no, now there's not going to be a quiz. Please don't freak out. <laughs> Shoot, start but, over. I mean, this is something uh, when Tiger fans go to Comerica Park on April 6th for opening day, it's going to be a brand new experience for everybody. Now, the fans were none too pleased with what went down, what went down Saturday, and that's a spring training game. 
What happens when something like this, and it's going to happen, goes down in a meaningful regular season game? I don't, like, could they implement this clock for eight innings and suspend it for the ninth? I, or, or can we just go back to playing the leisurely game no. of baseball? Now, Nick, no. I know me and Nicholas go round and round <laughs> about this. Uh, he's all in favor of expediting the game. I'm Get out of there. 20... Of shorter games. Okay, so you guys are going to be very happy getting out in 25 extra minutes, okay? <laughs> yes. Now... Oh, that's crazy. That's 25 yeah, extra was... minutes of Miller Lite, Steve. I, you know I'm what? With... I don't need extra time for that. <laughs> so two things. Do you think the fans were kind of up in arms over the game in the spring, in the spring training game between the Red Sox and Braves because it ended in a tie I mean, that's kind of probably why they were so puzzled. About no, it. I'll I tell mean, you why. Realized the game was over. I'll tell they you why. It was a tie. They thought they won, even though it's a spring training game. They thought it was the very rare walk-off winning walk, walk. and <laughs> it wasn't because of a rule that's been put in place to expedite this great game of baseball. But why would it be a walk? He, I mean, the twenty seconds hadn't run out. I, I, it's clear that they didn't know the rule. No, so because no, it would have been a walk because the pitch was thrown. Because he I wasn't. Think the pitch was thrown. He wasn't in the batter's box within the eight second. Yeah, so time. why would it be a walk? Because the penalty for not being in there inside the eight seconds is an automatic strike. Yeah, so I mean, it's just clear the fans didn't know the rule. But but I'm in favor of what Jamie says. Suspend the rule for the ninth inning. Speed up the rest of the game. Now but... you're just making it crazier. What about <laughs> the playoffs? You know. The whole playoffs. The whole playoffs don't have it. Yeah. Now, obviously, Max Scherzer, now with the Mets, former Tiger, um, dude can throw. Little left to center. We all know that. But he is saying pitchers have never been in more control than they are now. So he is all signed on with all of this new stuff. It's only a matter of time before that comes off the rails. Now, is there going to be an adjustment? Of course there's going to be an adjustment. Is there a chance that maybe inside a month of this new regular season that this will have become the norm? Yeah. Or is there going to be snag after snag after snag? I, I don't know. they're going to figure it out. Spring training's pretty long. I hope you guys are all going to be happy with your 25 <laughs> extra minutes. Why do you keep saying that? I mean, it could be even longer. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that baseball has an issue with keeping fans in the game and getting new fans engaged in the game. It, it's not just about the time. It's about the sport is dying, Steve. I don't know if it's dying, Nick. I think that's kind of strong. TV ratings. They don't have a lot of like little league, you know, new teams coming on board. I read about this. Well, there's that. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm, uh, I'm just of the age group that, you know, I'm a big baseball dude, always have been, always will be. And, you know, I appreciate the game and maybe times are changing a little bit more drastic than I ever gave it credit for. But, you know, that being said, are they doing the right thing? You know, is there going to be a kid, you know, sitting on the sofa this summer with his dad saying, boy, 
this game could be over in two hours, 45 minutes. I'm going to pick up my glove tomorrow. No, but a kid could be watching with his dad and get it done in time before bedtime. <laughs> well, now that the Tigers were starting their home games at 640, which I think is huge, I think that is certainly yeah. a step in the right direction. It's also like an attention span thing, though. If there's more action consistently throughout a game, you're going to keep people intrigued more, young kids especially. Now, Blake. Yes. If you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. how old are you? 30. And you just shared with us, I find this very interesting. You just shared with us during the break that you have never been more excited about Red Wing hockey than you are now. Not in, yeah, probably like 10 years since I was in high school. Okay, so obviously uh, they were a playoff team the last time yeah. you followed them. Yes. Um, and your thoughts on baseball are interesting. That you are also in favor of what's going on to make the games quicker. So a game goes, you know, we've seen games go three and a half hours, maybe a little more. So if a game is over in three hours, say, that will change your vision of what baseball's all about. I'm more likely to watch a shorter game. But also, it's not just the pitch clock. They're changing a lot of different things to, as Blake said, get the action up more. Those exactly. bases are huge now. They want people to steal. Yeah. Well, yeah. they. Uh, let's see. I've got the exact. Yeah, they've gone from uh, the standard 15-inch square to an 18-inch square. Uh, many managers already saying they resemble pizza boxes. They look kind of comical at the at this point, but we'll get used to it. Uh, and, you know, that being said, uh, how long before the Little Caesars logo is on every base <laughs> at Comerica Park? There's your uh, pizza boxes. And no more shifts, okay? We've got to deal with that. Of course, I know there's a lot of people, uh, purists, which I consider myself, that weren't a big fan of the shift anyway. However, I've always said, you know... <laughs> If you're shifting for a left-handed pull hitter, you know, that left field line is wide open, dude. You're right. a big league hitter, hit it. Right. But very rarely did you ever see that. So so you like that one change, but that's it. Yeah, I'm just not uh, in favor of this uh, pitch clock thing and for all the reasons I've described time and time again. I think it's going to be troublesome. But is there a chance that after a month it becomes the norm? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm very curious to find out from the players and A.J. Hinch when they do get back into town for opening day on April 6th what their, what their thoughts are on this. And I think A.J. Hinch will shoot from the hip. If he doesn't like it, he's going to say so. Yeah, I think so too. And the players as well. Because I think it's going to be a ball of confusion at the beginning. I think it is. And furthermore, what happens if one of the clocks expires, whether it's on the hitter or the pitcher, and it's not called? Now you're going to have fans saying, you know, like the play clock in the NFL. Is there going to be a mandatory one-second grace period? Oh, yeah. Like we hear (laughs) in the NFL for the play clock? And there's a human element. I saw a story today about this. There's a person with us, like, controlling that clock high above. So once he or she sees the pitcher get the ball, start. Oh. It's the most baseball thing ever, though, <laughs> that they have to have someone manually right. turning on and off a clock. <laughs> and then 
What's going to happen when the robot umpires come in? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were such a seamhead purist, Steve. Oh, come on, Blake. You know me. You've been working with me for a while. I didn't know it was you to don't this know extent. more. You don't know a more black and white guy in your life, bro. And I'm just calling it the way I see it. And and you know, I'm telling you, mark my words, there will be a couple more problems during spring training. Yes. And all hell's gonna break loose. But that's when you work out the kinks. That's what they're doing. Working out some kinks. Well, the I honeymoon know, phase. I know with your uh, extra twenty five minutes, you'll be able to put that Golden Girls reunion. Special on. I'm a big fan. I'm not Ken Brown. I don't watch that. Aaron Judge in this article says the pitch clock could be, quote, a good thing for everybody. All right, Aaron Judge. Including Steve. <laughs> Listen, I'm a big enough a guy to, you know, say if this thing works out and it's a non-factor and it does speed it up for all you speeders. He likened it to the shot clock in basketball and people just adjusted and now it's not a thing now you don't huh. even consider it huh. all right we'll see mr judge <laughs> uh by the way tigers up 5-2 over the new york stankies end of the third oh red wings have lit the oh, todd bertuzzi lights the line tyler Tyler Bertuzzi. There you go. That's how much of a purist. That's how much of a That's purist. That's the last I time am. Blake was watching when Todd yeah. was playing. That's true. Thanks, Blake. Uh, yeah, Red Wings go up one uh, nil in Ottawa. What was it? Five oh two left in the uh, first period. I think that's what I saw. They're doing a replay right now, so we're Check not out. sure. We're, oh, uh -oh. wonderful pass. Are they questioning if he was offside he or not? He might have been on it. Nope. No, no, we're good. We're good. No, 8-10 left. First period, wings up. Compliments of Mr. Tyler Bertuzzi. And uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And look forward to our conversation with Antoine Davis from the University of Detroit Mercy. That coming up as we continue with the Sportsbook here on WJR. Anxiously awaiting uh, hooking up with Antoine Davis, uh, the fine guard out of the University of Detroit Mercy. Uh, quite a story here. Uh, we back up a little bit there, Jane. Uh, Pistol Pete Maravich. Uh, ended his amazing career at LSU back in 1970. Oh, he left with 3,667 points. It is a record leading score NCAA history that has stood since then. No one's really ever come close until now. Uh, Antoine Davis right now is 63 points behind Pistol Pete for that all-time record. And it was a big weekend, had his number zero retired on Saturday at Callahan Hall. What a moment. What a career. Interesting to have it retired prior to him being done as a Titan. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. His dad, Mike, uh, has been at uh, UD Mercy for a while. And uh, when we do get a chance to talk to him, it's sometimes a very difficult dynamic when you're playing for your dad. Uh, there's been quite a few in particular in college basketball over the years, and other sports as well. And depending on the individuals involved, it was relatively easy or a little bit more pressure. And that goes both ways. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to him and his dad actually quite a bit since they've come to Detroit, and they're both really quiet and soft-spoken. And I think 
that wasn't threatening to any of the other players, you know, on the team to have dad and son because they were just so sweet. You know, it's right. not like they're pushing their agenda or anything. So maybe that's part of it. But, I mean, I had him on, I think, 2019 when he broke Steph Curry's made threes as a freshman with 132. Right. And then I had him on again when he broke another record. And so this kid just drills threes. I think he's the all-time leader in threes and counting. Well, well, you also meant that, you know, I guess it just came out that, uh, you know, his dad being Mike Davis, accomplished coach and player in his own right. The goal was for Antoine, like over a certain summer, yeah. to shoot 30,000 shots. He was on the phone. They said it on TV, but now I don't remember all the details. But in some sort of time frame, whether it be a summer or some period of time when they were training, it was throw up 30,000 shots. They oh. said it. <laughs> all right. I don't know how you pace that out, but. Uh, Good for them. I also, uh, doing some light reading here, um, on weekday afternoons, Dad and Antoine uh, would sit down and study an instructional video that Pete Maravich created in the 1980s to teach kids how to dribble, pass, and shoot. So it's, well, isn't that interesting? It's rather interesting. And look, we're going to, full disclosure, you're talking about Pistol Pete Maravich. He averaged a crazy 442 points per game uh nick we were talking today how how many shots did uh pete maravich take a game on average in his illustrious career 38 <laughs> <laughs> you know well he didn't have the three-point line correct no he did not so he apparently had to... didn't have any teammates so <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you're coaching him you would not be down for that they were also like four and twenty-five in one of his years there. They were really bad. Well, and there was no shot clock either, so people are pointing that out. But that being said, Antoine Davis is in his fifth year. Uh, he took the extra year because of COVID, and uh, the uh, Horizon Men's Basketball Tournament uh, for the Titans gets underway tomorrow night at Callahan. They're going to host the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons. They have to beat him for Davis to get a shot at this record, I think. If they, even if they go to the quarterfinals, uh, he would have to average 32. Which he does, usually. I have a press release. Talk amongst yourselves. Hey, Steve. Well, he's averaging a national, a national best right now, 28.1. There you go. He's capable. Yeah. Of 32 plus. Yes, Blake. Were you mad about the shot clock in college (laughs) basketball, too? (laughs) Just wanted to make sure with Pistol Pete. You it's know. just starting to border on the sublime right now. <laughs> no, for your information, I was all for that, okay? okay? Wait till we get a shot clock in golf, Steve. You'll you'll be all for that. That <laughs> is not a bad idea in the dead of summer when these places are busy as heck. No, I'll, I, I will sign on to that yeah. in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. By the way, now you got me thinking of golf. Um, you got to watch Full Swing. On did you Netflix. Watch? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. I did. I finished it last What's night. What's your favorite part? I, 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 you know, I have such respect for Rory McElroy. You know, obviously he and Tiger are the faces of the PGA Tour. And the last episode, without spoiling for those who are about to watch it or will watch it, it's fascinating how far he has come and he's gotten the wide respect of everybody else on tour. And there's a moment 
in that final episode, you will find out in short order what Rory McElroy thinks of Phil Mickelson. Yes. Uh, there's a little behind-the-scenes mic'd-up moment. Um, yeah, him stepping up to be the face of golf in this tumultuous time I thought is great. Uh, they talk to all these guys who went to live, so it's interesting to hear from them and their reasoning and things like that. I also found the Joel Damon oh, feature. beautiful. <laughs> really great. I want to play a round of golf with that guy. I don't want to give it away either, but he had some drinks in between a couple rounds, and it, it proved to be quite, you know, the thing to do for him. It worked out. And yeah. you know what? For a guy, and I'm not spoiling anything here because uh, crazy respect for this guy. You know, for him to say in his segment, eh, somebody's got to be 63 in the world. It might as well be me. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> and then he said when he arrives at tournaments, he goes, I'm no threat here. Right. It's, but he was. He did quite well at the U.S. Open. Yeah, and I thought Brooks Kepka um, came off as uh, kind of an idiot. Yeah. Um, and here's a guy, according to reports, has buyer's remorse as far as being a part of live. And at last word, he was going to investigate the possibility of getting back to the PGA Tour. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Brooks. You are? Yeah. Have you watched Full Swing? No. Okay. But he's just such a bro. You would be. He's such a bro. I love it. Definitely. Like he walked out of a fraternity house. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, the way, you know, he didn't know who won the Masters. Like, oh, come on, dude. I know. He doesn't really even like golf. That's why I like him. Except he built this, like, big bookcase for all of his majors he was oh, going to yeah. win. <laughs> Listen, dude, he likes golf. I'm, yeah. a f- I'm a fan of him. You know. Uh, but here's the thing on Liv, quickly, and it's rather entertaining. I was talking about with Nick, and we were into a belly laugh, to be honest with you. <laughs> Are you, you going to talk about Twitter? No, no, no. Oh, I you have know, something to tell you there. Last year, Liv could only be seen streaming on YouTube or some damn thing. So they were saying it's only a matter of time before we get the TV deal we're looking for. There was speculation that they were going to pay Fox to air their matches. Never happened. Long story short, they end up on the CW. <laughs> so they open the second live season in Mayacoba, Mexico, uh, this past weekend. Or was it last weekend? Whatever. Uh, the overnight ratings came out for their tournament. Yeah. Uh, Nick, if you wouldn't mind, please share the CW program that annihilated Live Golf in the ratings. It was World's Funniest Animals. (laughs) 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 Uh, Not kidding you. Uh, You want raw numbers? Okay. I don't, you can't even watch it in Detroit. It gets preempted by something. Oh. So there's like select markets that aren't even airing it on the CW, and we're one of them. All right, so uh, basically what the numbers mean, 0.2% of those with televisions in the measured households, 0.2% of them watched Live Golf on Saturday. Yeah, there was not real a big demand. But apparently there was a little bit more demand for world's funniest animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to tell you, which I saw over the weekend. Um, so, you know, on Twitter, you have a handle, you have your name on Twitter. 
the Live Golf League can't have at Live Golf, which is probably what they want. Right. Because there is a Twitter handle of that name, and it's a 33 handicap Welsh junior golfer named Olivia. She has that name. <laughs> so Live Golf has some other well, Twitter handle. Are, are they going to throw a little cash at her? <laughs> I don't know. She could be bought, I bet. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt, and I'll bet you they would make it worth their while. It's pretty funny, though. We'll be reading about that yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, we look forward to uh, checking in with Antoine Davis from the University of Detroit. Uh, I'm sure he's busy. Uh, they're in action tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Historic Callahan Hall. Uh, they will be playing host to the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons. Again, Antoine Davis, he trails the legendary Pistol Pete Maravich by 63 points for the NCAA record as far as leading scores go. How about that? Uh, when we come back, uh, not a very good weekend for Tom Izzo and the Spartans. A uh, little uh, shot in the arm, meanwhile, for Juwan Howard and the Michigan Basketball Wolverines. We'll have that and more as we continue here on WJR. All right, as you know, not a very good trip to Iowa City for your Michigan State Spartans on Saturday. Uh, they were up 91-78 on the Hawkeyes with 134 left. Then, lo and behold, the Hawkeyes would make their last five three-point attempts. And uh, the Spartans would go on to lose in overtime. And the thing is, having our usual Monday morning conversation via the Paul W. Smith Show on WJR this morning, you know, Tom said this was probably the best quality basketball start to, well, until the end. Uh, they shot 63%, made 11 of 13 from three-point range, and went 28 from 32 from the charity stripe. And Tyson Walker was great. Oh, Tyson Walker was just uh, absolutely beside himself. He's had just a crazy good last couple of ball games. Yeah. So uh, the question was, well, why didn't you foul Peyton Sanford on the game-tying three? I have a question for Nick, if that's what you coach little kids in that scenario. Well, not little kids. You do high school. Uh, it's tough. In high school, I would not because I don't. I wouldn't trust them to foul in the right spot. In college, you practice so much, I would foul. Thank you. Well, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, in his 28th year on that Spartan bench, um, he's never been a big fan. And, you know, I think Tom Izzo has deserved the right to handle that situation any way he sees fit. Sure. Um, you know, in the final five that Iowa made, a couple of them were circus. Doesn't matter. They went in. Um, it was a gut punch. And uh, Tom was very adamant this morning that he can beat any team, anywhere, anytime. And he is very confident in this group's ability to uh, rebound, if you will. Now, that being said, the challenge begins tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, in Lincoln, Nebraska, against a crazy hot Cornhusker team. They have won four straight. Uh, they get W's over Wisconsin on the road at Rutgers, which is not easy, uh, against Maryland and then Minnesota. So we'll see. I think a lot of different things had to happen in that scenario for the Spartans to lose, obviously, because that was historic. Because Hogarth had made 12 for 12 from the free throw line before that last free throw. The, you know, Iowa Hawkeyes had to make, as you said, some circus shots for it to happen. It just like was a perfect storm. Well, and 
to add insult to injury, uh, Tom Izzo announcing today, a little bit later on this afternoon, uh, that the Spartans, as it turns out, won't make up that home game against Minnesota that was originally postponed in the wake of the unfortunate February 13th mass shooting on the MSU campus. Uh, the Big Ten was supposed to make an official announcement today, uh, but as of uh, earlier this afternoon, they really had not. And there was speculation that it would be made up Thursday at the Breslin Center. So, obviously, this kind of irritates Magnum TI because it was back in the pandemic year, the 2020-2021 season, uh, in the height of the whole pandemic, when six Big Ten teams did not play the full 20-game schedule, including league champion Michigan, which finished 14-13. and 13. Purdue, Indiana, Penn State, Northwestern, and Nebraska each played 19 games that year. Uh, it's a matter of pride for Tom that Michigan State did. Mm-hmm. So did he want this to be made up? Of course he did, while feeling horrible about what went down with the mass shooting, certainly. I mean, there's no question that he feels awful about what happened on his university. He said that a million times, but now that they're back to playing, you know, you you have to focus on your job, and their job is to play 20 games, so he wishes it were the case. Well, and with all due respect to Minnesota, they've had a really, really difficult year. So there's probably a 98% win Right, uh, which probably would be great on the resume. Well, and, you know, so uh, Izzo says he anticipates uh, his team's Big Ten tournament seating to be determined by win percentage as it was in 2021. Uh, the Golden Gophers, that being said, already locked in as the 14th seed. So uh, rather unfortunate. Uh, Tom is not happy. Uh, but he's got a big ball game uh, to get ready for tomorrow night. Of course, we'll have that for you here on WJR pregame getting underway uh, at 8 o'clock. Meanwhile, a uh, different turn of events for the Michigan basketball Wolverines. Kobe Bufkin scored 28 points. Hunter Dickinson had 23, including this right here. And they would go on to secure that win, 87-79, as I mentioned. Now, interesting deal uh, for Juwan Howard and the Wolverines. They wrap up the regular season uh, with road games against Illinois on Thursday and number 17, Indiana, on Sunday. Now, during the broadcast uh, of the game yesterday, uh, they had Michigan as one of the first four out. So... You certainly get the impression that win over Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin certainly helped their cause. And is it coming down to them having a strong showing Tournament. in the Big Ten? Yeah, don't you think? I would imagine so. But let me just say this. If you go on the road and knock off number 17, Indiana, I think that gets them in. Yeah. Because they're coming off Michigan State, Rutgers, Wisconsin. That's a pretty good resume. Wins. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting, you know, how they go. But I, I certainly am so thankful that I have no say in who makes that tournament. <laughs> I mean, and it changes pretty much hourly. Yeah, like up until Selection Sunday, I think. 
And meanwhile, for uh, my Spartans, I see them anywhere between a seven, eight, and nine seed. I thought I saw them at six at one point, but maybe after that collapse, no. Yeah. Uh, well, and again, getting back to the conversation this morning with Tom, um, he's a big believer in this. Nobody is judged by adversity. You're judged by how you handle that. And that's adversity. You know, you lose a game like that, certainly. And Tom being Tom, he pointed the finger right at himself and said, look, this is on me. Well, also, it's been a very emotional time for everybody who is a has. Spartan who goes to school there or went to school there. So that's heavy on their hearts as they play a game as well. And, uh, you know, there's a fine line uh, right now because certainly our thoughts and our prayers continue uh, to be with the three that lost their lives. Uh, just I, I don't even like talking about it. Uh, and those who have survived. And we wish them nothing, nothing but the best. I so, still think about it a lot. It's a, you know, and that's going to be the case, Jane, for a long time, yeah. I'm afraid. Uh, well, uh, that's going to end our time together. Crazy how quick it goes. Yes. Always uh, a pleasure. Nick, fine job as always, young fella. Uh, Blake, another fine job as always. You uh, non-baseball purist. I hope you're budgeting what you're going to do with all those 25-minute uh, deals you're going to save with the uh, games going shorter. I'll use it to gamble. <laughs> yes, I know you will. Uh, by the way, end of the first period in Ottawa, wing still up one nothing on the Sens. We'll have more coming up on WJR.